0: That just gets you right in the feels. As I watched this video, I thought to myself, my gosh, Hallmark is a genius. <laughs> Have we not all experienced the concept behind this video before? It is so nice. To get mail, isn't it? I'm not talking about the kind we get most often. Not the bills and the advertisements, the newspapers and the magazines. Not the kind that wants to take your money or try to sell you something else or give you more bad news. I am talking about the kind that's personal. A thank you note from a friend. A care package after your first full week at college. A postcard from a friend who dropped you a line in their summer travels to let you know that something about what they were doing made them stop and think about you. This seems to happen less and less often nowadays with so many of our correspondences being done through email, text, and tweet, but when it does... When you drive into your driveway after a long day at work and you walk down to your mailbox and you take out that stack of envelopes, most of which you know is going straight into the recycling or that three-inch pile on your counter, if hidden somewhere deep inside is something personal, it just picks you up a little bit. I have a friend that I don't see very often, and every few months we send each other random greeting cards. It has kind of become our unspoken agreement that we need to find the funniest card we can to send to each other every few months. I once sent her a card that looked like a piece of bologna. It was a circle in pink. And it was inspired after that famous Oscar Myers bologna jingle, you know, the one that goes, my bologna has a first name, it's O-S-C-A-R. I actually have a picture of it for you this morning, let's see if we can get it up on the screen. <laughs> it says, for those of you who can't read it, my baloney has a middle name, it's Marie. Get it? And on the inside of the card, guess what's in there? Nothing. It's totally blank. I am ashamed to admit to you how long and hard I laughed in the store aisle when I found this and realized that this card was totally pointless. It had no point whatsoever. And there were people staring. It was embarrassing. But surely enough, I bought the card, and I sent it to my friend, and she loved it so much that she was actually able to send me this picture this week, because it's been hanging on her bulletin board for years ever since, like through moves and stuff. Hallmark was right. Something about getting correspondence like this, yes, even this piece of baloney, is special. It reminds us of something important. It reorients our hearts. Maybe at the end of a long day or a hard week or a busy summer, it reminds us that someone is thinking about us. Maybe that there are more important things to life than what we've been spending all our time on recently. It reminds us we aren't alone. Something about our identity of who we are and who we belong to. And sometimes in our lives, don't we just sort of need that reminder? Hallmark is going to make a killing after this sermon. (laughs) Well, over the next few weeks in September, we are starting a new worship series called Coming Home, and we're going to use this new fall start time to reorient our own hearts in some ways to the three core values, three of the core values of our church, worship, community, and service. Core values are how we define our life together. They are the things that we say are the most core. They're the most important to who we are and how we live as people of faith. And so it's helpful sometimes to just be reminded of what they are. And as I thought about how important it is to be reminded of what's core to our identity and what really matters, I couldn't help but think about why the author of Ephesians wrote his letter part of which we read for this morning. Now, not everybody can be as hilarious as me. The author of Ephesians didn't send a baloney card to his friends, but I do wonder if the letter he sent to these beloved communities of faith had a similar intention behind it. We don't know exactly who received it, but we do know that he was reaching out to them to bring them a word of hope to remind them of who they are in a world that so often has all sorts of criteria for what they have to do and who they should be and who their friends should be and how much money in their bank accounts they should have if their lives were going to have any value. In the empire that they lived under, it seemed that a person's identity, their importance, it was so often tied to things like who they gave their political allegiance to or their ethnic heritage, or their social standing, or the amount of wealth and therefore power they had, or the groups they associated with. They lived in a world where the competing cultural voices they heard all of the time told them that the value of their life was dependent on whether they were considered the in people or the out people, the rich or the poor, the haves or the have-nots, the right or the wrong, the benefactor or the recipient, part of this tribe or that tribe, believed in this way or that way, all of which determining whether they were considered worthy or worth less. So much of their lives were saturated in these messages, in this pressure of competition and earning status and proving themselves worthy and separating the us from the them that this way of thinking even began to trickle its way into their religious practices and their worship assemblies, the very place that they went to to try and reorient themselves to gain clarity around who they were and what their purpose was. Well, some people and their communities gravitated toward listening to voices that told them they were better than others and so could exclude. Others heard voices that encouraged them to blend into the background, to not make yourself too noticeable because you are never going to measure up. Well, some people in their communities constructed their identities off of voices that told them that if you just follow the right faith steps, or you believe the right things, or you come from the right family, or you obtain the noblest job, you'll find your salvation. Others doubted whether there was any path towards salvation or wholeness or restoration that would help them grow beyond where they were. Some people in their communities prided themselves on being the helper, the one who helps others, the servant, the benefactor of someone else, but their pride would never quite allow them to admit that maybe deep down, they were people in need too. Broken maybe in other ways, but in need of the same healing and grace and forgiveness as anybody else. It's amazing how little things change isn't it? We are thousands of years and miles beyond that time and place, and yet we are bombarded with the same cacophony of noise, messages on a daily basis that shape our identity and our communities, and sometimes even in our worship spaces, as much as we receive them outside of our worship spaces. Voices that try to convince us of whose lives have value and whose that tell us we're only as good as the brands we wear or the grades we get or the number on the scale or the square footage of our homes. We hear voices that tell us of who we should be afraid of or who the enemy is, even maybe when we've never met them, that tell us who to vote for, who to believe in, what to think and what not to think. It gets exhausting, doesn't it? And these messages, they actually do a lot of damage to the ways that we understand ourselves, our own identities, and the relationships we exist in. And, you know, the author of Ephesians knew it. And so he writes to them. He writes to them a different kind of message, one to try and counter all of the damaging words that they so often heard. And the part that we read for this morning comes in the form of a prayer. This is what he prays for them. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. I pray that according to the riches of God's grace, God may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through the Spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the heights and the depths and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. As the author writes, he is reminding these communities that if the way of Jesus taught them anything, it's that their lives would never be defined or saved by all the metrics they tend to use. Power and wealth, success, social status. Their identities were actually rooted in something much deeper, something that has more substance in the love of God. And that love is something that is already in the world, already creating and naming and claiming and sustaining their lives, already freely embracing more than they ever were taught it would. Everything, the author says everything, was created by God, finds its place in God, and is being united in relationship through this love of God, which means that everything and everyone belongs. In a world where just about no one could measure up, this is the message that the author of Ephesians sends to his beloved communities. He tells them and to the communities of faith like us that come after them that the love of God is always embracing more than we think it does. In others, in the world around us, and even in ourselves, And he is praying that we might learn to live like it. He is praying that every time we gather as a community to worship our first core value, that as we worship, we would remember that this love, this love that is cosmic in scope, this love that is already here, this love that is surpassing our ability to understand and that holds all of who we are, the good and the bad, is actually the thing that defines us all. So perhaps you are here today and you have received a lot of bad messages lately. Messages that have kept you from loving yourself, loving the people around you, voices that have deafened you from being able to hear the voice of God calling out to you and saying that your life and the sacred life of all the things around you matter. Well, as we come forward, as we come to home together this morning, and as we recommit ourselves to this community and to one another, you are going to find, if you look in your bulletins, that there is a little insert, a white square insert. I would invite you to take that out. On it, you are invited to write down any of those bad messages that you are just tired of hearing the ones that are pulling you down, the ones that are creating enemies of the people around you. And I would invite you to take a moment and to write those messages down. And over the next few minutes, as the music plays, you are going to be invited to come forward whenever you are ready. You won't be dismissed pew by pew, row by row. You can just come forward whenever you are ready, whenever your neighbors around you are ready. And you're going to be invited to throw that message in the trash. And to pick out of the mailbox one of these cards, one of these envelopes. This summer, our staff gathered to pray for each one of you that would be coming home today. And just as the author of Ephesians did for his people, we asked that God would help us write a message to you that shares something about what we believe God says about you. We have not written personal cards to each of you individually. We couldn't do that, but we did have individuals in mind when we wrote them. And so if you open this card and it doesn't immediately speak to you, I would invite you to just sit with it for a little bit and give it time to see if it ruminates somehow. And if not, I would invite you to find someone you know who's received a lot of bad messages lately and might be in need of a new one and give it to them. Today, as we commit ourselves to worship, we commit ourselves to a new message, a message that reminds us over and over and over again that all belong, that all are worthy, because the love of God has made it so. Amen.